Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know I don't believe in just straight failures. I believe that every failure gives us an opportunity to fail forward, turning our losses into lessons and figuring things out along the way. So, you know, I don't, I don't sugarcoat things. I do keep a pretty positive attitude. Not that I do all the time. I think those closest to me know when I, I have my meltdowns. But by and large, I do try to keep a pretty positive attitude. And, and I just really believe that the failures are necessary. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. Welcome or welcome back to the Bombshell Business Podcast. I'm your host, Amber Hurdle, and today is going to be a special episode. It is the week of my birthday. It's the week of the five-year anniversary of the Bombshell Businesswoman, and it's also the month that I celebrate 10 years of being in business. I mean, that is wild. I cannot believe it's been 10 years, but here we are. So today I want to offer you five wins and five fails forward in 10 years of business as the anniversary episode. So you know I don't believe in just straight failures. I believe that every failure gives us an opportunity to fail forward, turning our losses into lessons and figuring things out along the way. So, you know, I don't I don't sugarcoat things. I do keep a pretty positive attitude. Not that I do all the time. I think those closest to me know when I I have my meltdowns and I have my bad moments and I had my my sad seasons or days, whatever. But by and large, I do try to keep a pretty positive attitude. And and I just really believe that the failures are necessary. I mean, honestly, you don't know unless you try and you don't know what's going to work if you don't know what's not going to work. So um, today, so let's see here. I'm recording this in the week. So on the first, it was the five-year anniversary of the Bombshell Businesswoman. I told a little story on LinkedIn about the behind the scenes, because of course, in the moment, you're like, you're just focused on the launch. You don't want to talk about any of the drama. You don't want to distract from what it is that you're trying to do. And that's to get that book in as many hands as possible to help as many people as possible. And quite frankly, to recoup your investment, right? Because it costs money to do marketing and all that kind of stuff. And while I am a bleeding heart, Heart. And let me tell you, I have given a lot away in my business, like a remarkable amount in my business. Um, at the end of the day, businesses are to make money. So I don't feel bad about exchanging value for compensation. Um, and so that's what we had to do then. But if you'll go over to LinkedIn and I'll see if I can link it in the in the show notes. Um you know, there was a lot going on at that time. And I'm not even gonna tell the story on this. You're just gonna have to go over to LinkedIn. And and I just share that because like you see like, ooh, Amber wrote a book. She went on this like whole national book tour. She was on TV shows like 
she was featured here and there, blah, blah, blah. So glamorous. And it's like, yeah, that all happened. Totally happened. And then other stuff happens too. And we don't really talk about that. And so when you're in those moments, it's like, oh, well, so-and-so, everything went perfectly for them. And it's just not the truth. Like shiz happens, people. So, <laughs> so I like to be very real, which is what this episode is about, winning and and learning. Um, and then on this coming Friday, October 7th, uh, the day after this episode is published, I will turn 43 years old. Um, I am not a spring chicken anymore. Um, I'm getting my Botox tomorrow. So <laughs> I will be ironing out a few things um, with my beloved Julie. Um, and and at Beauty Boutique, like usually I go to the Let Center for those of you who are local. Um, and I have been going to the Let Center. I've taken care of my skin with aesthetics and everything like since I was 26 or 27 years old. And I turned 43 this week. So that tells you um, I, I take that very seriously. And but this time uh, I actually get to go to one of my original bombshells uh, place because the person who does my Botox is going to be there, who's also a Libra baby. Um, and so, Nicole super happy that I get to come see you and um, get both of my girls in one spot. And that will become relevant in one of the points that I'm making. So I'm not just blah, blah, word vomiting here. Um, this is somebody who has played an important role in the journey of the business um, simply from her participation and, and support. So um, and then this month, and I don't know the exact day, sadly, um, but it was October that I accepted my first dollar um, and my company was born. So here's what, how that went down. <laughs> Let's talk about starting before you're ready. I've got, I'm, I'm dehydrated. So y'all forgive me as I drink water through this episode. Um, so I went to coaching school and I felt because I was very corporate at the time, I felt that I needed to be ICF certified. So ICF is the International Coaching Federation. And it's pretty much the international standard of like, listen, I'm not hanging out in my parents' basement with no life experience and no business experience calling myself a life coach. This is like, I'm going, I'm learning how to coach. I'm, I'm learning the skills. I have to have, you know, so many hours of actual coaching. I have to have practicums. I have to have, you know, advised coaching. I have to have like all, you have to go through all these things to get certified. And one of them is you have to go to an accredited school. So I'm going to this accredited school. My company knew about this. I was very, very transparent. And we'll talk about that in my list as well. Um, you know me, I'm, I'm as transparent as they come. <laughs> so um, I go to school, I'm like on class number two, and they're like, okay, go get clients. And I'm like, uh, you haven't taught us how to coach yet. And they're like, you cannot learn unless you do. I want to say that again. You cannot learn unless you do. Because that's the truth. And I was freaked out at the time because not only did you have to have so many coaching hours to get your certification, you had to have a large percentage of those. The majority of those had to be paid coaching hours and you could have been paid $30 an hour, but they had to be paid and you had to document it and you had to have proof and all that kind of stuff. So um, actually the very first company whose uh, senior leaders, it was a startup. So I coached all three of the founding uh, leaders of the startup. And in their first year, we got them a best place to work 
award in um in nashville so that was a very big win and definitely let me know that i was on the right path but i did get that first dollar in october 10 years ago even before i officially left my corporate engagement um, but again the senior most leaders knew we were keeping it quiet because i gave like the longest um leave notice in corporate history is like eight months <laughs> But we'll get into that with my first thing. Um, so this whole solar return energy, like my birthday energy, that's like when your wishes come true, right? So that's, I just launch a bunch of stuff and I don't mean to. And then this year I was like, oh my gosh, we've got five-year anniversary of the book. We just celebrated, um, I think it was in August, maybe August or September, we celebrated um, six years going into the seventh year of the podcast. It's my 43rd birthday. 10 years of being um, Amber Hurdle Consulting, uh, and then we're going to be <laughs> launching. It's already, we already have customers. So this isn't like anything that's like new to us, but we'll be launching publicly Employer Brand Central, which is a subscription-based um, solution that helps you create an employer brand, a reputation that allows you to attract and retain top talent. And that's just so important now. Um, and and it's it's really important to me because my actual legal business name is Moxie Internal Relations. Moxie meaning energy, drive, and determination. That's basically the definition of Moxie. And then internal relations meaning inter like the internal experience, so that employee experience. But no one knew what employer branding was 10 years ago. Like I was having to explain why. And so I was like, okay, what are we doing? We're calling this leadership. That's what we're going to lead. Okay. I teach leadership, culture and leadership. That's what I do. Cool. That's what we'll call it. Sell them what they want, give them what they need. And that put me in the game of calling it something different because my audience, my prospect, my ideal customers were not ready for what it is that I actually do. That it was too big of a of a learning curve, if you will, to even explain to them what it was. So I rebranded to Amber Hurdle Consulting. That was a whole other thing. And that what an identity crisis, what a vulnerable place to, to be because I, you know, I, there are people out there like, oh, Amber has her face in our book. No, I didn't want my, I, definitely didn't want my face on, on the book. But when we tested with my audience, that's what they voted for. <laughs> so it is what it is. No one even could write a check to the right company name. I got Moxie International Relations. Most of the time I got checks to Amber Hurdle anyways. So upon advisement from my friends who are literal like titans of marketing and branding, just some of the best of the best, like award-winning, nationally recognized people. They're like, yeah, you need to be Amber Hurdle Consulting. People are buying you. So just go ahead and put your face on things. So, you know, it gets a little annoying because like I get so jealous. I just talked to um, the American Association of Interior Designers, the Minnesota um, group of them. And I'm like, you guys are so lucky. You can post pictures on social media of like, the first, like the gorgeous kind of like big shot. Then you can post another picture of just the living room. And then you can post how you styled the bookshelf and then how you styled the side table. And then you can post just like a stack of books on the coffee table and talk about that. Like there's so many options for me. It's like, oh, look, it's, it's, it's me on my cell phone. <laughs> oh, look, it's me on my laptop. Oh, it's me drinking my cup of coffee. Like 
it gets old. It gets old for me. And I know that's like kind of the thing and that's what people want. And even if you look at the analytics, like the pictures of me way outperform anything profound that I actually write or anything that's like helpful. It's, it's just human nature. We like looking at other people's faces. So it was really hard for me to get over the fact that it was like, I am my own Nike swoosh. My face is my Nike swoosh. It is what it is. So all that said, Amber Hurdle Consulting is not going anywhere. I'm still speaking. I'm still podcasting. All of that's happening. But I also have this other company that's exclusively for the employer experience where we have a, a monthly subscription. You get all the tools, templates, and training and monthly office hours plus more webinars, quarterly training that your entire company can attend virtually um, with really meaningful, like move the needle type training um, with myself and other national speaker association members. So we're not like, we're not calling in the B squad here. Like I'm definitely bringing the A team to all of this. And, um, and so we, we help you learn how to attract talent. So what does talent acquisition marketing look like? What is, what does that mean? We help you onboard because that is 33% of new employees leave within the first 90 days. So let's try to avoid that cost. Um, we teach you how to engage with recognition and communication and professional development and, you know, all those kinds of things. And then also off board because it really is more than just being like, we need the keys in your uniform back. Like there's so many steps with the offboarding process to set up your company for success, to save you money and to make sure that your employer brand remains strong. So that's really where my heart is. Obviously I have a heart for women in business, but if you take that passion project out of things, when it comes to like what I actually do for, for like the most of my income, it's that. And I love it. And I'm so excited about it. So I can't wait to um, continue to share updates there for you. Um, and it's affordable. Like I want to democratize it. Like you shouldn't have to be a Google to be able to afford having a rockin' employer brand. Like any business of any size should be able to do that. So stay tuned for that. So now that I've kind of like laid the groundwork of what October means, go Libras, go pumpkin season. I'm not the biggest fan of pumpkins, but I know many of you are. So rock on with your pumpkin lattes. Um, but here's the five wins and the five fails forward in 10 years of business, starting with number one, end well. I don't care if you're quitting your job to go out on your own. I don't care if you're leaving your job. Um, to go to another company, if you're leaving a specific position to go to another department, if you're leaving your boyfriend or your husband or your wife or whoever is in your situation, and for whatever reason it doesn't work out, and well, I will go back to the story of me leaving Gaylord Hotels. Um, I knew that things were shifting in my personal life. Um, I love, I think, you know, my friends at Marriott are fantastic and I, I don't have a, a bad thing to say about that company. Um, but I did not sign up to work for a large conglomerate. I came and, and really was more interested in the historical significance and the freedom of entrepreneurial spirit that Gaylord Hotels had to offer. And so between what was shifting in my personal life and the fact that I just could not work that many hours um, in light of what was going on, um, I needed to make a change. And so I gave a seven-month notice 
very transparent. Um, I think that I had already built enough trust. My work ethic was already there. And so they knew that I wasn't going to like be phoning it in. And they trusted me to get them through the final conversion of when we rebranded from Gaylord to Marriott. So it was kind of like a co-brand thing. And I led that in internal, go figure, right? The internal rebrand of Gaylord Hotels being a Marriott owned company now um, instead of um, Ryman. So that was something that I was very committed to um, when people did discover that uh, that I was leaving, they were truly surprised. And I'm not, you know, I always have to pepper things with saying like, I'm not beating my chest. I'm not trying to brag. I I want, trust me, we're going to get to the five things that I didn't do, right? <laughs> but I want to share this with you because I think in the moment, sometimes it's like, well, I don't care. I've got all this other things going on. And so like, they're just going to have to survive on their own. And I want to share with you why I get to enjoy the things that I get to now, because then like people were like, that was your, that literally your, your final months at, at Gaylord um, was your swan song. Like you did not produce, this was your best work in terms of the events and the communication and everything that we did. Like I was there to the bitter end. And then they actually asked me to stay for another month because Mr. Marriott was coming and blah, blah, blah. So I stayed for another month. And then I ended up consulting for several months. And, um, and then here's what happens when you have a merger or an acquisition like that people leave. They either leave because now there's bigger opportunities to stay within the Marriott brand and they go all over the place and or they leave because they're like, you know what, this isn't for me. I want to try something different. And so they go to a different brand. And so as I was leaving and then and I was one of the first people to leave the company. Um, As everybody else was leaving, not only did they come to me for the kind of like, what's it like to be a civilian because Gaylor is pretty intense y'all <laughs> like, in the best way possible. Like is my favorite job ever. Nothing will ever compare to it. There's no way. And those people are still among my very best friends, like absolute best friends. And, um, and they, you know, but it was intense. It was stallions running with stallions. And so when you get out into the civilian world, air quoting on YouTube, it's like, oh my gosh, these people don't work as hard as me. They're not as committed as I am. And so when they need to bring in a consultant or a speaker, they know my level of dedication. They know that I'm going to run as hard as they are. They 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 know. And so you have like all of these people going everywhere all at once. And that's how I grew my business, literally just by leaving well leaving well and by helping other people ease into civilian life by being of service um when they called me and were like i don't know like how's this going to work and and i just helped talk them through it um and and to be totally transparent too like i still lean on them to this day so it's like it's a two-way street it's not like oh look at me i helped everybody like they still help me um and and i don't know if I would have gotten the traction in my business being such a newcomer and honestly not really knowing how to run a consultancy or how to be a speaker or anything like that, had it not been just the blind opportunities that were given to me because I ended well. Um, and just, you know, and other things in life too, 
when you end with a customer, make sure that they're all set up for success and that everything that you promise them that they have and they know what their next steps are and what they need to do when you're no longer working with each other. Everybody knows I haven't made it a secret. You know, I've I've gone through a divorce and, you know, it hasn't been perfect and it hasn't been easy, but like we can talk, we, we can, you know, talk about the kids. We can talk about anything. My dog literally almost died this past week. Gibbs. Yes. Had pink, uh, pancreatitis and, um, spent eight hours in the ER and, um, then another day at another vet and, you know, $2,000 later, he's still with us. <laughs> and, you know, my, my former husband checked on me and, and that is, I think he and I really tried to end well. Like we don't have to have some crazy animosity towards each other. It's just what it is. And so you can accept, you can accept the natural rhythm, whether that was what you wanted or not. It's like radical acceptance is very, very important. I think in this life, um, because, you know, just kind of putting your arms together and huffing and puffing doesn't really get you anywhere. So, um, you know, show up, end well. Number two, make the time to stay connected. Let me give you an example of this. Um, I was laughing with Amy, our ops manager this morning, because sometimes I do things and it's like, why is Amber, why is Amber throwing this in with everything else we have going on? And, and I do, um, not all the time because sometimes it really is just that tight, but if I'm going to a city and I know that I can connect with somebody or, um, you know, there's someone else that I can maybe tap, tap into or serve. I, I really try to do that. And, um, and so I had a trip, I had a speaking engagement and I like shoehorned in this other speaking engagement, um, with a, a very small audience, but they, it's, it was a group that I talked to before they've stayed in touch with me. They're beautiful people. I mean, just the greatest people ever. And, and I'm like, well, I'm already going to be in that area. So let me, let me go ahead and like, do something with them because it was meaningful to me. And, um, and I ended up meeting somebody else and she's going to be a guest on the show because I was just so impressed with her. Um, she's young and hungry and successful and, um, just like such a beautiful spirit. And I was struggling to find a very important piece of my opening keynote in this area and I, we couldn't get people to call us back. I mean, it's just been crazy. And one of the, one of the reasons why I'm known for being an opening keynote for national conferences, this one's an international conference, is because of like the energy and the excitement that I bring. And like this was an important piece of that. So and it's something that I promised and I deliver on what I promise and we just couldn't make it happen. And so because I squeezed that in to that trip, I met this person and this is the person who unlocked it and opened the door to this amazing. I cannot wait to share the video from this. I'm so flipping excited. It might be my favorite opening to date in 10 years. Um, it's going to be so rad. I just can't even. Um, but it was because I made the time to stay connected with a group that stayed connected with me over the years. It'd been years since I, I talked to them or spoke to this group. And, um, and I'm just appreciative of that relationship. And, um, and that's with everything, right? So I live a very weird life. Um, to be somebody who's single and doesn't have anybody to come home to other than a dog, which is very important. Um, and, and I'm on the road a lot. 
And so that's really hard for normal, quote, normal air quotes, uh, people to understand. There's really nobody looking out for you um, in terms of like when you get there, like I text my kids and stuff. And that's just been something I've always done when I take off and I land or whatever. But, um, you know, my speaker family checks in on me. And I think it's so funny. I don't I don't think that meeting planners and speaker bureaus, I don't think they understand like we're not really competition. We're competition, but we're not (laughs) Like we might even talk on the same topic and we are so close behind the scenes, not all of us, but a good chunk of us, anybody who's very involved in the industry. um, You know, we look out for each other. One of our family members, um, oh, I'm going to get emotional. Uh, She's somebody I I love deeply. Um, She got taken out with this hurricane in Fort Myers and instantly it was like, all right, everybody, you know, here's where we're sending the donations. What do you need? you know, somebody put her in a house that there's their second house, the two other speakers. Um, and, and like within 24 hours, I'm not saying she's perfect. She doesn't have, she's homeless. She doesn't have a car. I think she just got power today. So, I mean, she's not out of the woods, but it's that making the time to stay connected is why everybody just rallied and got her square, got her settled. It's why when I'm traveling in New York and there's blizzards coming that I have five people to check on me. And, and so I know I'm extroverted. And so it's a lot easier for me to do that. But even if you're introverted, stay connected, do it in the way that you know how do it in the way that feels right to you, but make sure that whether it's your industry, whether it's your colleagues, like at your job or within your company, it's your family. Like I'm one of six kids, my squad, like I just talked to my brother today. Um, I was texting with my sister. Um, you know, she and I definitely have our Netflix and Hulu recommendation thread going back and forth. You know, my sister in Italy is texting me like there's, that's just, you can't do life alone um, and you can't stay in business and go through the entrepreneurial journey alone. It's way too crazy. It's way too uncertain to not have people surround you. Um, So number one, end well. Number two, make the time to stay connected. Um, Number three, know your model, know your business model. How do you make money? How do you make money? How do you make profit? What are your expenses? How do you make money minus how many expenses do you have is what you get to put in your pocket at the end of the day. And I know that sounds so basic and I'm not a business coach. Like I don't try to advertise as like, oh, let hand me your PNL and I'm going to make magic with it. Like, let me forecast into your future. Like, that's not what I'm known for. And it's not what I want to be known for, to be quite honest. I don't enjoy the process myself. But sometimes I'll take on maybe a client who isn't quite ready for me yet, but I have just some inner knowing that tells me to work with that person. And and I have to do that. I have to say, like, we need to put your SGNA together. Like we have to know what what is the cost of goods sold what does it cost you to sell this what does it cost you to make this um and then you know what are all of the other peripheral um costs associated with running your business and 
payroll? What do you need to make? All that kind of stuff. And then how are you going to make that money? Like, where are you most profitable? Um, I, I could tell you where, where and how I make the most amount of money in my business and what other areas that I make money, but I don't make the most money, but I do this because it ultimately feeds this. And, and so you really need to understand that and then stay true to that. It's, it's just kind of like your core values. If you don't stick to your model, then you're going to be all over the place and it's going to be very hard to consistently drive revenue. Um, and so I'm going to say, know your model and stick to it until you need to revise it and then evolve it with the times. So my business model at COVID was dead. <laughs> um, when you are a speaker dependent on large groups getting together and large groups are no longer allowed to be together. And then you serve industries like entertainment and hotels, both of which completely tanked, you have to remodel. And so you don't just, you know, crawl in a corner and cry and say like, oh, well, there went my business. You adapt. And I know it's a scary time right now. And and I, I want you to go back if you haven't already and listen to my episode with my friend Tom Park. He's done it all, seen it all, CEO, president of all the big companies. Like <laughs> You listen to it, you're going to be like, who, what? This guy's like done everything. And, you know, he's he's talking about the economy and he's talking about how do we prepare for it getting worse before it gets better. And I'm not saying I'm not anxious, but I'm also kind of like, I know my model. So out of billions of people in the world, I know how many people I need who need what I need. And in a bad economy, listen, everybody doesn't go broke. Even through COVID, when everybody shut down, I guarantee you that people who sold hand sanitizer were killing the game. Other people like me had to start from scratch, but um, you know, it was super fun being a, a startup that's been around for eight years at the time. <laughs> that was like super frustrating, but at least I got to start from experience, right? So know your model and stick to it until that model doesn't work anymore. And then adapt with the economy shifting, adapt, 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 and, and like stick with trying one thing before you give up on it. But Pivot quickly if you see that it's just not getting legs and you are being consistent and you are giving it a chance. So number one, end well. Number two, make the time to stay connected. Number like, and and I want to go back to that. Like it's make the time because you can, it's like pay now or pay later, right? So even though maybe I didn't have the time to um, squeeze that engagement in, um, I sure don't have the time to be scrambling to make this really important to me event happen the way that I want to. And and that was just handled with one person being like, oh yeah, let me introduce you to my cousin, like done. And so making the time now definitely blesses you with time later. Um, and I'm not saying use people, obviously y'all know my heart, but it's, it's like a, it's like an energetic exchange. Um, so end well, make the time and stay connected. Number three, know your model and stick to it until you need to revive it or revise it and then evolve with the times. And number four, do it your own way. I've talked about this over the years of the past, you know, six plus years of doing this podcast. And, you know, people will ask me like, oh, do you know this expert or do you listen to this podcast? And I really go on hard and fast podcast diets. Um, 
where I just, I block out everyone else. And when I'm writing, I don't read other people's stuff unless it's stuff that I'm familiar with because I don't want to be influenced by other outside areas. And now if you're just starting out, read it all, but still find your own way. Um, Y'all know I love the EOS system, the entrepreneurial operating system, traction, rocket fuel, um, what the heck is EOS? I have on my nightstand now. I just got it, just got released processes. That whole system is remarkable. But to be honest, it's it's like literally everybody else's stuff kind of repackaged and put together where an entrepreneur with a limited attention span can implement it. It's like all the corporate stuff that I read over the years, like synthesized and and put into a book. So like nothing is really your idea anyways. It's a culmination of what you've picked up over the years and how you have interpreted that. But it still needs to be your way. And you know, there's there's this saying that I try to really stick to and that is be so busy uh worrying about watering your own grass that you don't even notice if anybody else's is greener. And that's the truth because you don't know what's really happening in that business. And there's a lot of people who have won awards or they're, you know, they're, they're in the media a lot. Like I know specifically there's people going through my head right now. Like I know they don't even know what their business model is. I know that they don't have any clue, like what, where they're going next or how they're going to make money. They don't have anybody on payroll. Like they're figuring it out as they go, but they're getting all kinds of media coverage because they're great at that. And that's no knock to them because good for them for building the brand. You know, I love that. But like when you see that and you're like, oh, I wish I had that. I just want you to go back to your bank account and just be like, is that working for you? Like let the dollars in your bank account be your vote of confidence. Don't look to the outside world. Don't look to what Susie's doing. Don't look to what James is doing. Stay in your lane and pay attention to your grass. Do it your way. Now, I don't know how many of you, some of you have wrote back to me when I've talked with other guests about um, human design. I'm a manifesting generator, which means I am a ring-tailed tutor. I am all over the place sometimes. Um, I have gobs of energy. I have the capacity to take on a ton of stuff and to have a split focus. And and I'm honestly super bored if I don't. So maybe like some branding people would be like, well, Amber, if what you really do is employer branding, why are you also known for business branding? And why are you also known for um, personal branding, like really known keynoting for personal branding? And then you have this whole bombshell thing going on over here. Like if you're a branding expert, why don't you have your one thing? And my answer to that is it's all branding to me. It's all, it all comes together for me. You cannot have an employer brand if you don't have personal brands leading that employer brand. And you don't have an employer brand if you don't have a business brand to support. And you don't have a business brand if you don't have an employer brand who's doing all the things to make sure that you have a successful business brand. And you don't have a business brand if you don't have your leaders having personal brands leading the employer brand. Like they all go together. Employer brand, or excuse me, personal brands lead strong personal brands, lead strong employer brands, and strong employer brands create strong business brands because you have happy employees serving happy customers, the end. I don't need everybody to get that. I just need my people to get that. 
I need them to see that connectivity and to get that I'm going to go deeper than like, here's your logo and your colors and here's the fonts I think you should use. Like that's not really at the end of the day, the core of branding. It's a piece of branding, but it's not the messaging. It's not the emotional connection. That's not what branding's about. The bombshell brand, I have a heart for women. It's my passion project. I obviously spend a lot of time on it because podcasts are not simple and they're not easy. It's not like, oh, let me just plug in my microphone and ta-da, it's done. Like working with guests, working with all of our podcasting agencies, clearing out the inbox of the 9,000 pitches we get because we've been on podcasting for so long and we have gotten recognition. People want to be on the show and that's great. That allows us to find the best of the best for you, but it's time consuming. Um, But I do not feel like that is something I'm going to be putting down anytime soon. And we talk a lot about branding here. And some of my very favorite bestest clients found me through the podcast. So, I mean, I talk about Narelle. One day we're going to get her on the show between her schedule and my schedule. <laughs> it's, it's something. But like I was literally voxering with her today. That's where my customers and I um, communicate. And, you know, what a blessing. She's She's so far beyond a client of mine. She is a friend and will always be in my life. And she, Jackie Kinney, like Jackie Kinney has been on the podcast. Um, She's talked about her journey and, you know, it was 10, 11 o'clock the other night we were text messaging and, um, you know, these people came into my life because of the podcast. And what do I do? I help them with their branding. So it does all go together and I don't need it to make sense for everybody. I just need it to make sense for my people. So do it your way. Follow your own bliss. When your gut is telling you this is for me or heck no, this is not for me. Listen to it. Do it your way. It's working out for me. It might not be the easiest path. It might not be the most profitable path, but my soul is fulfilled. And at the end of the day, like if I get hit by a bus today, I don't think I so much care about how many dollars are in my bank account. I mean, obviously we all want to be successful and be able to live our best lives. But if I'm not, if my soul is empty because I'm just focused on the dollars because I'm trying to do it the quote right way and not my way, that's not like why just go work for somebody go get your six figures and your and your easy benefits and commit a third of your life to somebody else and go on the easy train and and that's admirable i need employees like i was a great employee i might be an employee again but entrepreneurship is freaking hard if it wasn't everybody would be doing it and like even even in this gig economy that we have like Uber, DoorDash, um, any of those things, getting on Fiverr or Upwork, you're still working within the constraints of somebody else positioning and, and providing you with the tools to do everything. When you go out completely on your own, you're completely on your own. So if you're going to go out and do it your way, freaking do it your way. Okay. Otherwise, go work for somebody else if you if you feel safer doing it somebody else's way. And rant. Okay, so number one, end well. Number two, make the time to stay connected. Number three, know your model and stick to it until you need to revise it and then evolve with the times. Number four, do it your way. And number five, create your engine with people and processes. This is so important. Maybe when you're first starting out, you you don't have the capital or the reoccurring revenue to hire somebody. 
but you can you can hire or find an advisor whether that's a mentor whether that's like an accountability partner um whether you hire a coach let somebody who's been there and done that and and might know a little bit more than you help you out okay like you can avoid so many pitfalls simply by you know do it your way but learn from other people's wins and mistakes um and then hire like there's so many different ways that you can hire people there are um people i work with people um jean works for me she's in the philippines she's worked for me for three years going on three years going on three years um i've got somebody who i work with in pakistan um and then i have my us-based team members and they're all paid fair like if you're the kind of person who wants somebody to work for you for four dollars an hour i'm just telling you right now you're not going to be successful okay so um that is no one is going to be generous with you if you're not generous with them um and i don't mean like you have to take out a second mortgage to afford your payroll but i'm just saying like don't cheap out so and then what you can't provide in salary or benefits provide in some other area like flexibility like it most no everyone who works for me outside of one person is a mom and so flexibility is most important to them and um i'm you know even if i can't pay what they you know could go to a fortune 500 company and and get I can give them flexibility. I can give them, um, you know, any of the tools or resources that I provide. Obviously, personal and professional development is a huge factor and something that we all celebrate and get um, constantly in in the business. So, you know, do what you can with what you've got where you are. Um, so, advisors and team members definitely are those people. And you know, your your network, your mastermind, your people that I've already talked about about staying connected. Um, and then your processes, put processes in place. If you do it one way and you know that you're going to do that again, document the process. This has been something kind of wonky for me since COVID because again, we've had to remodel the business and things have shifted and I've had new team members and just we're trying to find our way. Thank God, Amy is like the process queen. And so she really helps in that area. But like I had all these processes that were the way and then suddenly they weren't. And we had to create new ones. So, um, you know, we're finally just getting in that rhythm. And it's been, you know, a, a little bit since COVID hit because we had to test and tweak and adapt. And it just doesn't happen overnight. But if you start now, then like even this morning in our weekly team meeting, it was like, OK, let's do it this way this is how we're going to be consistent about it moving forward and this is how we're going to tackle this meeting the way that we were trying to do it isn't really working even though that's somebody else's way so going back to do it your way um this is what's going to work for us and our business model and what we need to touch on week over week so that we can be set up for success and then also professional development now if you're a course junkie stop it <laughs> If you're the kind of person who thinks because you hit the the like pay button and you send somebody a couple thousand dollars, but you don't actually do the work of the course and you never finish it, stop it. You are not allowed to buy anything else until you go back to all the courses you've already bought and go through them and apply them to your business. Here is my rule of thumb when doing any type of professional development, whether it's a conference, whether it's, um, you know, a course, um, anything like that 
will you get a return on your investment? Will in some form or fashion, will you get more money from the results of you taking that course or learning that or some kind of intrinsic benefit that supersedes money for the amount of money that you're putting in? So for example, I have um, Velvet Machete Leadership Academy. It's $2,500. Sometimes it's as low as $2,000. I would not advise you to take my course unless you thought that you could increase revenue by $2,000 within the next year. And kind of like, honestly, I would say the next six months. I like to have a fast return on things, but that's just me. If you think that you can increase your revenue by $2,000 or more, or you can reduce your expenses, turnover, huge expense, so many different things that you can do differently. Maybe cut down on your marketing spend because you're marketing smarter. You either have to increase your revenue or decrease your expenses by $2,000 or more, or I don't think it's smart for you to take my course. I'm just going to tell you. And so, you know, I'm a big, I've been a, a follower of Amy Porterfield um, for many years now. I guess probably about eight years ago, I went out to San Diego. Now she's in Nashville with me, but I went out to San Diego in person and she looked at me and she, and Amy's like the nicest human on the planet. And she doesn't usually um, use harsh terms for any of you who are familiar with her. She's um, got a podcast, strongly recommend anything that she says or advises, but she looked at me and, and, and um, we were in a, a room and I was other people were asking questions and she wanted us to help each other. And so I kept helping people. And she said, if you don't start a mastermind for women, you're stupid. <laughs> and I was stupid because I took forever to do that. But, um, you know, now we do. So that is what Amy meant to me then. And I got out of what I got out of what I put in there. And so when it came time, when COVID happened, um, Stu McLaren is another person. I was fortunate enough to have dinner with him and Chris Tucker and Michael Hyatt when Chris was in town in Nashville. Um, and he and I were doing an event together. And um, and it was like a masterclass for a membership. And um, Stu and Michael had just launched um, Platform University, I think, at the time. Maybe it was that maybe, yeah, I think it was platform university and, um, and they were like at dinner, they were just unpacking the entire thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, these guys are geniuses. We all know that they are anyways, for those of you who follow like online marketing. And, um, and so when it came time, when COVID hit and I knew I needed to remodel my business, I bought Stu McLaren's course. And then I got done with that. I immediately made my money back, like literally within 45 days. And then I took Amy's course that I hadn't taken yet. And I, and I got that money back within 45 days. Don't invest in things that you are not going to get a return on. Not even my stuff. If you listen, if you buy my book for $14 and 99 cents, I know women who went from, I can't pay my bills to being six figure companies in months, simply by reading my book and implementing it. That's why I wrote this book because I know not everybody can afford $2,000. I know some women just need to be able to spend $14.99 or $10 at a discount bookstore or whatever that looks like. She downloaded this book. I have the most beautiful message from her. She downloaded my book. She um, downloaded the free resources that I gave her. She started listening to my podcast at episode 00 and she changed 
her business. She changed her business and then she sold it. And then she opened up her dream business in Bali. Create your engine with people and processes. She couldn't coach with me. So she found the person that gave her the processes in a passive way. And she was disciplined enough to do it on her own. You don't have to be rich. Okay. You don't have to be crazy profitable to find the things that you need in order to improve upon yourself. This might be a long episode. Okay. So the five things, the five wins end well, number one, number two, make the time to stay connected. Number three, know your model and stick to it until you need to revise it and then evolve it with the times. Number four, do it your way. Number five, create your engine with people and processes. That's the five wins that I feel like I've done a really good job in the past decade. Decade. Decade is crazy. I've been doing this for 10 years. Okay. The five fail forwards. I'm going to go faster with these. Number one, saying yes to too much. I say this all the time. If you say yes to one thing, you say no to something else. If you say yes to somebody who wants to sponge your time and you know, you're, you're, charging all of your customers, but somebody thinks that they can buy you a cup of coffee and like get you to do coaching for them, then that's, that's an hour of your life that you are not going to give to your family, to your own rest and relaxation, to your customers who are actually paying you. You don't have to feel bad for saying no to that, but I have said yes to way too much over the years. And I've said yes to things too, that maybe like I was convinced like somebody was trying to convince me that that's where I should be spending my time or would benefit me and X, Y, Z. And then I was just like uncertain and I didn't want to say no and I didn't want to hurt their feelings or like I wanted to give it a shot or I wanted it to work, but I kind of knew that it probably wouldn't. And I said yes anyways, and then I regretted it. Um, I said yes to way too many things, even being the person who's like, say no as often as possible. You should be saying no far more than you should be saying yes. And when your values and your priorities are in order, that's um, that's kind of your guidepost. Um, I'm pretty hardcore about no these days. Like, honestly, you can kiss my burp. So um, I've just been taken advantage of way too often. I was used and um, and then discarded. So like, I'm a little bit smarter now, like the scar tissue is there. I see it and I won't let it happen again. So, and that's not coming from like a place of ugliness. It's just like, oh, okay, that's how it is. Got it. And I've always beaten the drum of be careful who you surround yourself with. I've always beaten that drum. And it's funny because a lot has shifted in my life and I still beat that drum. And then people are like, oh, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah, it's great. Like I have the best friends now. I have the most wonderful humans in my life. I am so selective about who gets to breathe my same air or who gets any of my time and attention. Um, this isn't me like being um, sour grapes or anything. Like I believe this to my core saying yes too much to the wrong people, to the wrong things that are not serving you, that's not moving you towards your future. Like you have to ask yourself every time, is this moving me towards who I want to become? Is this moving me towards my goals? Is this moving me towards the vision that I have for my life? Or will this move me away from it? It's a simple question. That's how you know whether to say yes or no. Um, and so I invite you to learn from me, fail forward with me. And even when you think that you're saying no a lot, you probably need to say no even more than that. Number two, 
helping others too much. Yes, I said stay connected. Yes, I say stay loyal to your friends. Listen, there are people who can call me and they know it. I will drop everything that I'm doing. I will find a way to serve them. I will find a way to be there for them. And then there's the people who just you don't owe it to. And I'm a freaking bleeding heart and I want to help everyone. (laughs) And I just think I'd have a lot more money in my bank account if I was not overly generous. Now, I will say, I guess I would rather be overly generous than stingy. And I still probably am, quote, overly generous. Um, But it's, it's that energy exchange again. If I help this person, are they going to pay it forward or are they selfishly taking from me? Is this person going to be there for me in the way that I'm being there for them? A lot of times that answer is no. And it's hard to find that out. Um, if I give more, like I have, I have a consulting client right now. They literally get twice the number of hours that they pay for, but they're not in a position to pay for what they actually need. And I believe deeply in their, what they do. It's, it's as much of a passion project for me as it is like a consulting project. And so that is a choice that I'm making, but I know, oh, see, like there's anybody who's listened to the podcast for any amount of time. Here's what, here's what happens when the truth, when the truth, like the deep truth comes out of my mouth, I'm not crying because I'm upset. Like I get, I get tears behind my eyes and that's how I know like, oh, that's the truth that just happened. When I think about what the people at this company have gone through to serve their customers and the changes that they're making in their industry and the lives of so many families. I don't know how to not go to the mat for them. So I'm not saying don't help other people. I'm saying don't help other people too much, not at the expense of your health, not at the expense of your sanity, not at the expense of your family, not at the expense of your bank account. Like you've got to pay your bills too. And I love to be generous, but generosity does not make payroll. It just doesn't. I checked with my electric company. They told me I cannot pay them on my generosity. I have to have real dollar dollar bills, y'all. So number one, what I've had to learn and how I failed forward is I said yes too much. Number two, as I've helped others too much. Um, Number three, not listening to your inner knowing. Y'all, we all know that voice. Um, if for those of you who are Christians, um, it's described as that still small voice. And so some people will say that's the Holy Spirit. Some people will say that spirit that that is quote spirit or that's the universe, that's your highest self, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, it's it's the still small voice and it never leads you wrong. Um, I to this day ignore it because I don't like what it's telling me. <laughs> so, um, like fail forward and then keep failing forward. Um, so there, there are so many times where my inner knowing told me something and I discarded it and then I failed. So, you know, that's just. I don't really know how to unpack that without giving really specific examples that just aren't helpful for me to share. But um, you know what's going on in your life. You know what's going on in your business. You know what's going on with your team. You know. And um, and you can paint pictures and you can try to make it all work in your head and you can 
tell yourself all the things in the world that make it okay. And it's just not, it's just not. So, um, and then on the same token, that, that still small voice might be encouraging you to take a leap, to have faith, to pursue it and you can do it. And then you ignore that and then you miss out. And that's happened to me too. So that's one I'm still working on. So I hope that you'll join me in that as I continue to fail forward and and figure that one out. Number four is seeking answers from other experts about things you already know yourself. My close friends have gotten on to me about this forever. Um, You know, I know what I should do, but I still want some expert to tell me and to affirm. And let me tell you where that comes from. When I was in my early 20s or even like 19, and I was coming out of a dark season, making a lot of stupid decisions, I um, committed to read Proverbs every single day. I probably read Proverbs, I don't know, 10, 15 times back to back. I would just start over and I'd read a chapter a day. And what it said, and again, if you're not a Christian just consider it a wisdom manual. Um, There's a lot of good stuff in Proverbs, whether you are a religious person or not. I don't consider myself religious. I consider myself spiritual. What it says is that if you pray for wisdom, that you will receive it. And so I prayed for wisdom. And I knew that I didn't have the life experience, the wisdom to really do and learn and know and accomplish what I need to as a young teen mom. And so I found people who are wiser than me and I always sought counsel. Again, in Proverbs, it says to seek counsel. And so then I think it kind of turned into a little bit of a crutch. And my colleagues are like, Amber, you're expert at this. Like, I would go to you. Other people should go to you. Why are you asking somebody else? And to me, I'm like, oh, because that's what you do. You seek counsel. It's okay to seek counsel, but always know that you know in the end. So that's kind of goes with not listening to your inner knowing, but seeking answers from other experts about things you already know yourself. I'm much better in this category now. Um, like, and and it helps too, like no offense to you um, youngins who are listeners. I'm so delighted. I'm so excited to see you emerging as leaders and business um, professionals. And man, you know, things that I don't know anything about. Like you TikTokers, you're just, you know, you figured it out. That's not my jam. Um, But I will say that if I was going to go to somebody now as an expert, it's, it's not as plentiful and I probably have way more experience and I know the path. So I might need your help with this little thing, but from a strategy side or a fundamental, this is how things need to be side. I kind of got that. So no matter where you are, even if you are super young, you're really good at what you're really good at because you were gifted with that or you have an immense amount of experience or just a natural inclination to it. So trust that. And I'm not saying don't seek counsel. I'm just saying don't make choices based on somebody else's experience when you already know what's right for you. So it kind of goes back to um, do it your way. Um, So I'm saying do it your way. I did really great at that. And then earlier in my business, I did. I asked everybody else and then I kind of did it the way that they thought, even though maybe I kind of already knew what was right for me. So 
you know, obviously I evolved um, for, to have it kind of both on the wins and the fails forward. So number one, saying yes too much. Number two, helping others too much. Number three, not listening to your inner knowing. Number four, seeking answers from other experts about things you already know for yourself. And number five, this is one I'm still recovering, is having a tech addiction. I'm an early adopter addict. I was early stage zoom i was early stage canva like i was on canva's um advisory group or whatever when things were first rolling out and now they've like taken over the world um so many the convert kit like very early stage things it's exciting for me i don't mind growing with companies i like breaking things i like building things but when you start growing a team that matters you can't continuously change your tech stack. You can't, it's not just you who's comfortable with technology and who's comfortable with bugs and who's comfortable with glitches. That's not fair to your team. So as you continue to grow, get your tech stack figured out and stick to it. Um, make it as streamlined as possible. I'm still not satisfied with my tech stack, just as an aside, but we are staying with what we've got because I need that stability to do the things that we're doing and for my team to be able to support it. Maybe one day we'll be able to find the holy grail of um, software, but we're not there yet. So do the best you can with what you've got, where you are, and don't don't constantly change. Just really successful businesses are boring. I am an ADD um, maverick PI personality, which is super comfortable with risk and fast paced moving. I'm passionate and innovation on fascinate. I'm a catalyst, just like Sally Hogshead. You know, every, every personality assessment that you can give me, I'm a manifesting generator. Like I am the epitome of go big or go home, tons of energy, multiple competing priorities. And while those things are helpful for product development and promotion and marketing, when it's behind the scenes stuff, you really have to develop those learned behaviors of being consistent and normal because that's what the consumer needs from you is consistency. And I mean, y'all have seen in the podcast too, like I've taken breaks. I haven't always published an episode every single week, obviously based on my episode number. Um, but at the end of the day, like I have kept it going and that is a win for me. So I guess what I want to tell you with the five wins and my five fails forward is whether you work for somebody or you are a business owner, you know, I've, I've, it's, it's really about trusting yourself. It's about trusting yourself. It's about trusting the process. Um, it's about trusting God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, trusting your team. Don't hire people if you're not going to trust them to be experts at what they're doing. That doesn't mean that you can't give them feedback or that you can't, you know, help them grow, but trust your team to do their jobs. And then importantly, trust your vision you know where you want to go. You know what you see in the future. I know what I want. I know what I want, not only for the company. I know what I want for my impact on the business community. I know what I want for me. And very importantly, I know what I want for my team. And that's really, oh, there's the emotion. My team, like all the people who've worked for me over the past 10 years, um, there's no way I could have done this without them. Um, Abby, who's no longer with me because she's like, you know, got her double masters at Vanderbilt and she's got her big girl job now. Um, what 
what a person who was with me for several years and like bombshell would not have happened the way that it did without her. And, um, and so she was amazing. Shantae also, um, I knew that she was on loan from day one. So she went back to a, a customer of mine. They're still a customer, so it's good, but I would have never gotten through the pandemic without Shantae. And, um, and now, you know, just I've got Amy who is a total rock star and she is the, um, she's my operations manager. She's the opposite not total opposite, but pretty much maybe not quite the opposite of me, but we're very different in how we do work, which is the right thing. It's yin and yang. We come together, we complement each other. That is the point. You don't need two of you. You need somebody to offset what you don't bring to the table. And then, um, you know, she's also, she's my friend. We talk every day, all day. <laughs> so it's very easy to do business with Amy. Um, and, and then I have Sophia. So Sophia is here and she's my, um, she's my personal assistant. And so y'all, yes, I pay somebody to put up my laundry, to put gas in my car, to go have my water checked, um, for my hot tub. I pay her to run errands, to help me do things. Sometimes she does business related stuff. Sometimes she helps me prep for um, sending out mailers or prepping for a customer or putting packages together or whatever that is. I cannot tell you that when I'm traveling and then she stays at my house or, you know, whatever that looks like when I've had a super long day and then I've got an early meeting the next morning and I get in my car and like old Amber would have been like, oh, and I have to stop for gas. I hope I'm not late now. I have gas in my car because Sophia just handles those things for me. So think about where, where is the highest value? Is it, does it make sense for you to pay somebody this amount of money so you can go make that amount of money? And to be clear, I have big girl bills. So my, my, my PL, <laughs> there's lots going out. So it's not like all the money comes to me, but then I can afford to pay everybody and I can afford to have all the systems in place because I've got somebody kind of handling that stuff that A, I suck at, and B, is not the highest and best use of my time. I should be out there creating products, casting the vision, closing deals, that's and delivering the product. That's my job. And then I have Jean. So Jean, again, is coming up with three years. She's the one who edits this podcast and she's amazing at it. And every single time I, I'm like, oh my gosh, I would have never thought to do that. Like she's incredible. And uh, she's my next meeting after I record this podcast. So um, I'm, I'm super excited. She's so patient with me and she has my back and she's so great at just keeping things in order. She does so much more. She's kind of the catch-all like executive assistant slash podcast producer. I didn't even hire her to be the podcast producer, but for whatever reason, my normal podcast producer was like out of town or whatever. And she had mentioned that she was interested in doing that kind of stuff and like girlfriends got it. So uh, I'm very lucky to have that on my team and to not have to outsource that. Jess helps with our talent acquisition copywriting. Haley helps with all types of copywriting. Um, Tara does our graphic design. Asfriend does um, slides and and that sort of thing. I feel like I'm leaving somebody out. Who am I leaving out? I mean, all of our coaches and consultants, and you know, all of our 1099 folks that that we tap into, um, who are truly a part of the team. 
Um, I just, there's no way that I could do all of this without this amazing army of rock stars that are helping um, get the jobs done. So if you're newer in your business and you have not built a team, or even if you don't feel like you want a team, that's not where you are in your life right now. Maybe you need a little more flexibility. You don't have the time to like manage people or, you know, it's, it's too much for you to think about managing a payroll. Oh, that's a whole other thing. Jeez. My web team, like my retainer people, like Anthony and Lynn Tran at Marketing Access Pass that have been with me forever um, and also do websites for our customers. And um, gosh, my CPA, Miles Atnip, my CPA, my bookkeeper, my payroll manager, like y'all, this is a thing. This is a whole thing. And so maybe you're there, maybe you're not there, maybe you want to get there. But it all goes back to these 10 things that I talked about celebrating 10 years of being in business. And, you know, a very big one is knowing your business model and sticking to it, because then you can tell when can I hire, when, what is it, where do I need to be in order to bring this next person on? Um, And that's super, super important as you continue to scale. So I hope that these lessons were not just me blah, blahing. They really are some of the things that I share with people over and over again, whether I'm coaching them or I'm mentoring people or just, you know, talking with people after I speak at a conference. These are really important. And I hope that me sharing my journey of the past 10 years is in some way helping you, you know, forecast your next 10 years. So with that, very importantly, I don't know what my life would be like without you. The things that have come into my life, into my world, This has been a consistent thing despite so much change in my life in the past two years. My audience has been eternally beautiful to me. And I say my audience, I'm talking to you directly. When you email me and you tell me like what you thought about a particular guest, like I know that it matters and that's what keeps me doing what I'm doing. When you share your successes with me and you tell me about the money that you're making or the aha moment that you had or the healing that happened or whatever that was, like this is why I get up and I do what I do. So I hope that you have that same passion and that same joy that your work brings you. And if you don't, my friend, define what that looks like for you be clear about who you need to become as an individual in order to experience that in your life, because you're not going to get anything that you are not ready for inside. You're not going to be gifted with that abundance if you're not ready to receive it. And so thank you for being with me. Thank you for being a listener. If you're a new listener, go back and listen to some of these episodes. I literally have the best guests ever. They're such a blessing. They're so generous. And I I just, there's no way I could do this without the bajillion people who have been on the journey with me. So with that, cheers to 10 years of being in business. Woo-hoo. Here's my 43rd birthday and um, five years celebrating the Bombshell Businesswoman book being published. You can get it at Amazon, Books A Million, Target, Barnes & Noble, any of those places. And um, I guess that means I will see you on the next episode.